Welcome back to No More Excuses, Wake Up, where we talk about money, entrepreneurship, and life skills that was not taught. I'm your host, Danelle Myers, also known as Danelle, the Money Therapist. This week, we are discussing money. We're on that train. It's better to whip debt together than separate. We are really going to dig in. In this chapter, I really talk about marriages, couples, just relationships, whatever type of relationship you are in. And I bring Tony in this chapter and he has a a part in the chapter where he talks to the men and just how we as authors think and how we work in our marriage when it comes to money. I know everybody don't like to put their money together with their spouse, you know, with their loved one or their significant other, not feeling that. You're not trusting them. But then again, that other piece of me, that therapist side of me is like, okay, then if that's the issue with your money and you're not trusting them with your money, is there trust in other issues? Why is there a union if you can't put your money together? Because I go into detail in my book and I say, according to a survey from SunTrust Bank reported on CNBC, finances are the leading cause of stress in relationship for couples age 44 to 55. And that's because you're not putting your money together. There's no financial stability and you haven't really learned how to be true to your money and the marriage and you separate it because everybody not thinking the same, right? You can't trust that person. Trust me. I know. I understand. I believe it. Tony and I, the way we handle money, even though I am who I am and I am the money therapist, we do see things in alignment together, but we don't always see things 100%. And that's just how we're wired, right? That's how we are. Whoever that's better with money will be the one that would do the budget, but you also have to trust each other. And in our opinion, if you're not 100% trusting that person, then what's going on even more? What I did was I really broke down. There was not enough money. It was that we both came into the marriage with debt. So now everything was double and it was double debt because now when you come into a marriage, your debt, it becomes one. So now we had double debt. This means double the car payments, double the credit cards, double the children, double the care, double the cost when it comes to children, double the debt when it comes to children. I brought in student loans. He didn't. I had a mortgage. He came and moved with me. I said, Tony put me in a charge off paying the bills. He put me in charge, like in charge. He charged me to pay the bills as long as he had money in his pocket for lunch and bowling and spending. We had a lot of financial hiccups, seriously. And I want y'all to really dig into this chapter because everything that you see is not always what it is. Although you may see us smiling and hey, 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 or whatever. Like even at that time, I don't think I really had a social media presence. I really wasn't super happy with our finances. I shared how I felt Tony was a bachelor who was used to spending his money on whatever and whoever that he chose. And I was a single mom of three trying to get by. And when you put those two together, you have to combine the minds and the mindsets have to change. And that was difficult for like three or four years of our marriage. And I really talk about a lot of this in on my podcast and we talk together, him and I, and this is difficult. And now it's where we can see eye to eye. So then Tony talks to the men in this chapter 
and it's labeled, I also talked to the wives in this chapter and it's labeled wives. His is labeled husband. He's talking to the women and he said, hi ladies, hi fellas. He's saying that whipping this ass was a process for him. He said, like my wife stated earlier, I was not on board. Primarily, I had concerns about having enough money to buy things for my daughter that did not live with us. At the time, my mind told me that not having a credit card meant I would not have money. And that is so important because a lot of people think, and I'm telling you, I struggle with this. I got the money here, but I can just charge it here. But don't y'all know y'all got to pay that back. You got to pay it back. But in my mind, I don't want to touch this. But over here, I can use this right now, but I don't need to touch this. But then when I go over here to touch it, I don't want to touch it. And I'm telling you, this one, uh, I don't want to touch it. So now over here is building and over here is building and it's building. And now you keep swiping and touching it over here, but it's building over here. For all y'all that see me, um, <laughs> that I'm going over like this and that, I'm also doing this on YouTube. So I'm recording at the same time. So you can check me out on YouTube with the same exact episode. Trying to figure it out with, oh my God. And that's how we end up in debt. Because what he said, not having a credit card meant I would not have any money. But it's the opposite. Because when you have a credit card and you spend the crap, you really don't have money. Because if you owe 2000 guess what? You really still owe 2000 So if you budget that card, then you will be able to see what you can afford. And that's the problem. I don't think credit cards is a problem. I don't like them. I don't think it's a problem if you know how to manage it. I know people that can manage their credit card. They spend $1,000, they pay it off and they can afford it. And that's the problem. People can't afford to spend that $1,000 in a month because you're not budgeting. If you budget and you put that debt in your budget, then you wouldn't be able to know what you can afford. And my spreadsheet, I do, I have a spreadsheet that you can itemize everything that you're spending. It's not difficult. And if it's a credit card, and you want to charge that credit card to get your points or whatever, that's fine. Put it in your budget. So make sure at the end of the numbers of my spreadsheet that you can be able to see your numbers. You have that in your budget. Whatever's in the red, what's left over is what you put on your debt because we're saving and we're living and we're budgeting and we're doing all that and we're investing at the same time. You're going to put that what I in my spreadsheet on your envelope side. If you want to spend in a month, you're spending $500, budget it and be able to afford it. That's all I'm saying, because that's attached to your credit. And that's all I'm saying. So what he said, that that was real. He said, as a father, I did not want my daughter to want for anything. I also never said no to any of her wants, as most fathers do. I was faced with the fear of disappointing my child, but I also understood that my marital money situation was a dire and needed to change. That was true. When you have a blended family, a lot of things that you did do, and now you have people or other people and other lives that are mixed in, and you have to be able to think about what is good for your marriage first, and then what it will be good for your children. And then that's all change. And it was difficult. And he said, combining her business profits and my willingness to work overtime, we successfully got rid of $50,000 worth of credit cards and car loan debt in one year. It was really 11 months. He keeps saying one year. He said that till this day. I now understand that budgeting must be a way of life and budgeting 
definitely has to be a way of life. Because in this chapter, when we really talk about it's better to whip debt together than separate. And so many women, my friends, and they just, my family, they're like, nah, I ain't doing it. Whatever. We're going to do it separate. And I, I personally can't. Everybody not going to agree. And I'm not here for everybody to agree. We all have our own opinions. But the way that I teach, if you have a significant other, you're married, or, or whatever your living situation, you put your money together. Because when you put your money together, if we talk about trust here, if you put your money together, you can be able to see it and understand it and you'll have more. And we're not secretly doing anything because it's called a lifestyle change and it's called the budget. And with that budget, it's also called a plan. And when you're planning something, you make sure that you have that money for it. You put it up, and but you have to trust each other. So we talk about that. We talk about the difficulties, how hard it was, how Tony at the time, his career as a correctional officer, you know, me in the field of mental health, and then me trans transitioning over and starting these businesses, and then how we had to put all of that together. And it was very difficult to do that. It was difficult to change our single mindset of me being a single mom of three and him being a bad doing whatever, being a bachelor. And we had to change that. And when we put that together, it was a disaster. We are 13 years of living proof that everything don't have to be a disaster, that you can put your money together. You can talk. This platform is about money, entrepreneurship, and life skills that was not taught. This was a life skill that we had to learn because it was not taught to us. We didn't learn it. We come from broken homes. My mom, my father, he was abusive to my mom. She did what was best for us. Our family was broke up. We we were not together. I was young living in New York. You know, I was very young, but I remember that. I remember living in New York. I remember living in Harlem. I remember 125th Street. I can remember it. I can remember the foods that I taste. I can remember my, my aunt's rice and peas. I can remember all of that. But I didn't know at the time that my mom was running from my father. I didn't know that. We didn't live in a household that we had both and they were putting their money together. We had to learn this. And us learning this, we struggled together. And that's what you see in this chapter. And that's what is outlined in this chapter. The struggles and everything that we did just to be able to live again budget, travel, save, look at the money and not argue over finances, which a lot of marriages end up in a divorce because of money and because you don't know what this person is doing. And when you don't know what this person is doing, they can do whatever with that money. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know if they out in a hotel. You don't know what they're doing with that money because you don't know. And we're not doing it because of that. We're doing it because in our opinion, your money should be together. But everybody don't agree with that. And that's fine. People, they say, well, Tony don't understand. He'd be like, oh my God, like, how can you say that that's her money? You get a loan from your wife or you get a loan from your husband. Like, he, he's like, that don't make no sense to me. And it, it don't make sense to us. But again, that is our opinion. It don't make sense. And that's not how, when, when I even teach or consult your money together, we're going to whip this money together. So chapter four, it's better to whip debt together than separate. And whipping debt's ass. In my book, 
Whipping That Says. Please leave your reviews on Amazon and comment. Also at contact at stanettamoneytherapist.com. You can leave an email and I'll comment back to you. Also on Instagram, Facebook, I'll comment back to you. And that's where we are. So chapter four, it's better to whip that together than separate. If you're married, if you are with your loved one, if you have a blended family, if you're with your significant other, it's better to whip that together than separate. No more excuses. Wake up.